Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Howdy, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. You know, I taught a lot of lessons over the years. I would have students show up at my house dragging their banjos and guitars and mandolins and basses and all sorts of stuff to my house. And they would want to take bluegrass lessons. So we'd start. And I've mentioned this in some previous podcasts that sometimes I would neglect to determine what they knew about what they were trying to do in the first place. I've, I've talked about my old pal, Albert Yu, who was a banjo student, who after about three months of lessons, it finally dawned on me that he'd never actually heard any bluegrass banjo playing. And so sent him home with a Foggy Mountain banjo album and things began to improve. But I saw this a lot in beginner students, this sort of thing where you know, it's really easy for the teacher to sit there and think that, you know, you already know who Tony Rice is and you know who Jerry Douglas is and you know who Sam Bush is and, you know, how could anybody not know these things? Because I, you know, often would assume that's why they got into playing bluegrass because they'd heard some of these people, Ricky Skaggs and Brian Sutton and Chris Thiele and, you know, the list goes on and on. And they would come and say, hey, I want to take banjo lessons. And I would at least assume they had heard Earl Scruggs or at least heard of Earl Scruggs. But I often found out that they, many, many students really didn't have a good grounding, a good introduction to what it was they were trying to do. They'd heard, you know, the hottest, latest bands and, you know, the, the green sky and the, you know, all these hippie jam bands and and. Listen, I'm not taking anything away from the modern players who are out there, you know, doing it today. But it's helpful, I found, to back up. All right, let's back up. You know, if you're a mandolin player, we're backing up to Bill Monroe. And if you're a banjo player, we're going back to Earl. And let's let's begin there and move forward. And so today, what I'm going to do is simulate one of those lesson experiences where the student shows up at the house for about their fifth or sixth lesson and they just don't seem to be making any real progress and this is an imaginary scenario but similar scenarios have taken place right there in my little lesson studio this exact same thing has happened so the student leaves though you know like my six o'clock student he's finished and he leaves goes upstairs and leaves and i'm expecting the 6 30 guy to show up so it's 6 30 it's 6 32 6 35 the guy's not there yet so i grab a record or a cd and i pop it on and start playing it and then i hear the guy coming in he's tromping down the stairs you know, banging into the wall with his case and stuff. And he comes, he's like, sorry, I'm late, man. Oh man, traffic was really bad on 285 today. And I'm sitting there listening to a record, just killing some time until they get there. And the student would come sit down in their chair and the music's playing. 
And, you know, I'm kind of into it. I'm going to let the song finish. And so the song plays to the end. And then I reach over and turn it down. And I've this exact same thing has happened multiple times. The student looks at me and says, who was that? Now, let's imagine it was a mandolin player for their mandolin lesson. And I was playing a David Grisman song, maybe EMD or something like that. And they say, who was that? Or a banjo player. And I'm playing Earl. And they say, who is that? You know, it's Earl. It's Earl playing Reuben. Or you, you get what I'm saying? They um, often, beginners, don't have a very broad, you know, experience base. They haven't listened to a lot of music, a lot of the kind of thing that, you know, the teacher assumes they're trying to do. You know, they started at the other end. They started at the, uh, you know, all these guys uh, out there playing today. Like the, I always use Chris Thiele as an example. You know, I had a mandolin student show up one time at my house. And he walked in and he had this transcription book of a like a, a whole bunch of uh, Chris Thiele mandolin solos. And he, he came in for his very first lesson. He laid it down on the stand. He said, I want you to teach me how to play this. I said, well, you need to call Chris Thiele. Because it take me a month to even figure out this first one, you know. And anyway, that's that's the way it is in bluegrass music. And bluegrass music has gone back a long ways. And regardless of the instrument you play, there's kind of a starting point. And certainly the starting point is Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys, and then Flatt and Scruggs, and then the Stanley Brothers and Jim and Jesse, and, and, and. But I think it's, it's, it's helpful for any player to go back in time and, you know, maybe experience or at least explore the past. You know, who were the innovators? For example, who was the first dobro player in bluegrass music? That's, you know, if you're a dobro player, you, you should at least listen to the guy. So this is what we're going to do today. Today it's going to be Dobro. And you, you may remember back a, a few episodes ago, I did an episode called The Banjo Masters. And I chose, you know, I think five or six banjo players that I really, really like and inspired me. And I just think are, you know, great banjo players to model yourself after. And banjo players who have influenced many, many people you know, all the way to the present crop of banjo players, you know. And I went through all those, and then I had some emails from people saying, hey, you know, why don't you do mandolin? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And that was my original intention, was to create a series and do that sort of, you know, the banjo masters, the mandolin masters, the guitar masters, and so on, a little series of lessons or I shouldn't say lessons, podcasts, where I just, you know, play some little samples, tell you a little bit about these people and give you a little bit of the time frame and, you know, as an educational experience, uh, take you back and bring you forward, you know, up through today. So today, what we're going to do is Dobro. I say Dobro. Other people say Rezophonic Guitar. It all means the same thing. Obviously, dobro 
is a registered trademark. I'm not sure who owns it right now. Um, it's, it got sold uh, a couple of times. Anyway, I just call it a Dobro. You know what I'm talking about. It's that hubcap guitar. It's that guitar that you never have to do a fret job on. You could play it 50 years and you're never going to wear the frets out because the strings are about three quarters of an inch above the frets. You never actually touch the frets. They're more of a visual cue. And let me say this, for any of you in the Grass Talk Radio audience who does not play the dobro and has no interest in playing the dobro, you still might want to listen because I'm going to play some good music. All of the uh, little samples that I'm going to play for you today are in a full band context, and you're going to hear some other pretty great players too, and I'll be mentioning some of those as we proceed. Let me make my legal disclaimer. I probably don't even need to because the context itself will make it self-evident. But let me state it anyway for any of you lawyers out there. The little samples and clips that I'm going to play in this podcast, I am claiming fair use for educational and commentary purposes. And as we listen to these, as we go through these and hear some of the great Dobro players, I, I want to encourage you that you should go out if you're into the Dobro whether you want to play it or you just want to listen to it, go buy the records, buy the CDs. Most of this stuff is available. A lot of the old stuff you can get on eBay, you know, if you want vinyl or even, you know, going back to 78s and things like that. Uh, if you want that stuff, it is available. CDs are available and certainly purchasing downloads is available. What I'm not too keen on is you just jumping over to YouTube and listening for hours at a time. And I seriously doubt that uh, very much money ever ends up in the hands of this great Dobro player. And some of these Dobro players we're going to hear today are deceased and no longer with us. And some of them are still around. So anyway, this is going to be a little trip um, back in time through my record collection to listen to some Dobro players. And also, if you're not into the Dobro, I have to tell you that I, too, was not into the Dobro. When I started, all I wanted to be was a banjo player. And then I switched to mandolin, and all I wanted to do was be a mandolin player. And I was around a lot of Dobro players. They were just, you know, in the bluegrass community. But I, I never really even had a desire to learn it. I, I liked it, but I never did. And then probably, I'm guessing maybe... About 10 years ago, I finally kind of got the urge to learn to play dobro. And partly it was because I was having some trouble with my hands in playing the mandolin. Some arthritis and things like that that affect old timers like me. And uh, I found that the dobro was, uh, you know, interesting. And it, it, I was able to play faster on the dobro than I, than I could on some other instruments. And it was just fun. It was fun to take up a new instrument after I'd been playing 40 years. So now I've got, I don't know, six, seven, I don't know how many years now of, you know, attempting to play the dobro and I'm getting better all along. And, you know, whenever I'm giving you that advice about practicing and, you know, use the metronome and all the things that I tell you all the time, 
I tell my stuff that too, because, uh, you know, I don't know where I stand on the scale beginner. Inter- I guess you might say I'm intermediate. I have found that I've, I've been able to, you know, transfer a lot of the musical knowledge that I'd accumulated over the previous decades and just apply it very quickly to the dobro. So I, I probably made, you know, quicker progress on it than someone who is starting from scratch would. But the reason I'm telling you this is that you might think you don't want to play the dobro and you have no interest in it. And, you know, maybe a year or two down the road or maybe after you hear all this stuff I'm going to play for you today, you might change your mind. You might say, you know what? The dobro seems pretty cool. I may take up the dobro. So here we go. What we're going to do is pretend that you're that student who says, what in the world? Who is that you're listening to? And I set them down. I've actually done this at lessons. I've said, okay, just he's you know got his instrument out and he's starting to tune up and stuff. And I go, you mean to tell me you don't know who that is? Listen to it. Listen to it. Here, let me put that on again. I'd play it. Who is that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Now imagine it's a Dobro student and I'm playing them Josh Graves on a Flatt and Scruggs record and they don't know who it is. Then I have actually done this at lessons and I feel like they're actually getting their money's worth when I've done this. I've said, okay, just leave your instrument in the case. Follow me, son. And we go to the big record shelf and I start pulling out records, just handing them to them. I say, hold your arms out, and I start stacking records up in their arms. Get about 15 records. Go back, sit down, start going through them. Pull one out, stick it on the turntable, say, listen to this. So that's what we're going to do today. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to pretend you're that Dobro player. And uh, you've just sat down, and you've got that stack of records in your lap. And so we're going to begin. I had a couple here that, I've, that I selected that I'm actually going to skip because they, they were people who I heard very early on. One is uh, Leroy Mack, who is a Dobro player on the Kentucky Colonels record. Uh, it came out about 1973, I think. Um, I'm just going to skip that one. I would just tell you to, uh, you know, check him out. And, uh, he doesn't play on a whole lot of those tunes, but if you don't know who the Kentucky Colonels are, look them up uh, and skip out his playing. Another one I'm going to skip is a guy named Charlie Nixon, who, when Flatt and Scruggs broke up, Lester Flatt and Nashville Grass continued on doing bluegrass, and Earl went over and did his, you know, the Earl Scruggs review thing with his sons and Josh Graves went with Earl, basically, and was touring with Earl and is on a lot of those um, those Earl Scruggs uh, records that were the Earl Scruggs Review. So uh, you had Josh Graves and Vassar Clements were basically hanging out with Earl and his sons. Uh, so I'm going to skip this one, too. Um, but I just want you to know Charlie Nixon stepped in as the dobro player, basically replacing Josh Graves. So if you're a dobro player, you should at least check out Charlie Nixon. Oh, to heck with it. Let's just play this tune. This is from a record, Heaven's Bluegrass Band. 
Lester Flat and the Nashville Grass, and it's it's a cool record because you got Marty Stewart on there, and boy, he is looking slick. He is playing the mandolin. He's got an ascot tied around his neck. Uh, a very young uh, version of Marty Stewart. And uh, speaking of Kenny Ingram. Um, Probably a lot of you know that Kenny Ingram just passed away recently. Kenny Ingram is on this record. I bought this record at a Lester Flat live show that I went to and saw all these guys play it. Had Kenny Ingram, um, Pete Coram was playing bass, Charlie Nixon, Paul Warren playing fiddle, of course, Lester Flat, and uh, who else was on here? Um, Curly Seckler on Madeline. So that's basically Lester Flat and Nashville Grass. So let's just hear a tune. And the the Dobro player you are going to hear is a fella who's a pretty decent knockoff of Josh Graves, a fella named Charlie Nixon. So take it away, Charlie. He's going to play a, a little tune called Love Me Lorena. <laughs> So now you've heard Charlie Nixon, and, and Charlie was basically stepping in and doing, you know, filling Josh Graves' role. Now, let's get to Josh. Josh Graves is really, I, I would consider him the pioneer dobro player in bluegrass music. There were some dobros floating around in country music, people like Bashful Brother Oswald playing with Roy Acuff and the Dobro, you know, was seen a little bit here and there, but certainly Flatt and Scruggs brought Dobro to the forefront, basically to differentiate themselves from Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. Essentially, after a little bit of time, they dropped the mandolin and added the Dobro. And so Josh Graves saw Josh play a number of times over the years and met him, um, He's the dude. If you're a Dobro player and you have not listened to Josh Graves play, you're missing it. You're really missing the foundation. So let's just begin by hearing. This is, um, this is Josh playing with Flat and Scruggs. So they're going to do a tune called Reuben, and all you banjo players know the, the tune Reuben. It's a big Scruggs favorite in in D tuning for you banjo players. And I have this on two records. It's on an album called The World of Flattened Scruggs on CBS. I recorded that one first, and then I grabbed my Foggy Mountain banjo record, which is on Columbia. 
And I realized it was the exact same tune. In Flatt and Scruggs records, you will find lots and lots and lots and lots of reissued and repackaged collections and things like that. So this is Ruben right off the Foggy Mountain Banjo album. And just listen to Josh. He is playing some blues. And, you know, this goes back. It's got roots that precede bluegrass. I mean, Bill Monroe brought a lot of blues into bluegrass, and certainly Josh, he is playing the blues. So listen to him play this thing. This is Josh Graves playing Reuben. Now let's move forward a little bit. So Flatt and Scruggs breaks up. Earl Scruggs has formed the Earl Scruggs Review with his sons, Randy, Gary, and Steve. And they had uh, Jody Maphis's son. I forget his name. Oh, it was Jody Maphis. Joe Maphis's son was playing drums. And they had uh, Josh Graves on dobro, Earl on the banjo, and Vassar Clements playing fiddle. And I, I saw them multiple times in Atlanta at the old Southeast Music Hall. And, uh, you know, I only went because I wanted to see Earl pick, and that was the only way you could see him playing in those days. But here is Josh Graves once again. This one is off of the record called Dueling Banjos, Earl Scruggs' record. And it's from the time period. This is 1973, so this is, you know... I guess about four years after Flatt and Scruggs broke up. So he's put out this solo album, but essentially the album is the Earl Scruggs Review. And uh, we're going to listen to one that I saw them play on stage. And it's that old Fireball Mail. Take it away, Josh. Josh is defining bluegrass dobro. He really is. He is setting the pattern, just like Bill Monroe did for the mandolin, just like Earl did for the banjo, and so on. And I would say, just like, well, there's a number of fiddle players. We'll get to fiddlers in a in a an upcoming episode. I plan to do this with each instrument, including bass. So give me time. This is a highly um, time intensive project to do this to dig through the records find everything pull off the samples and the editing i mean i'll I'll, i'm speaking to you now because i haven't edited it while i'm speaking to you i'll be editing it tomorrow and perhaps the next day so it it takes some time to put these things together 
Anyway, let's move a little bit forward in time. Now we're going up to, this is 1974, and Josh has put out a solo album called Alone at Last. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He's just finally tired all them bluegrass pickers around him because he has surrounded himself with a ton of really hot Nashville studio musicians, including Johnny Gimble, Lloyd Green, Charlie McCoy. Uh, it's just so many names on here. Pig Robbins, Joe Maphis. He's got Randy Scruggs on here. Whole bunch of people. And he did a solo album. And it's, it's really good, but I just thought you might like to hear, you know, Josh doing a little tune that's sort of not so much in the bluegrass context, but more in the Nashville country sound. But it's, it's still pretty bluegrassy, and a lot of Dobro players who have come along since Josh have played this tune. And it's a pretty cool tune. It is called Colorado Turnaround. Josh is something else. He is just bluesy. God. Very good. Very good player. And, and that second break, by the way, on that California turnaround is just killer. All right, so let's move to another Dobro player. And that would be, and, and I'm not necessarily going in chronological order, but everything follows Josh. So we're going to go to Mike Aldridge. Mike Aldridge, he really slicked it up. I mean, he started doing some things that Josh wasn't doing. And yet he obviously studied Josh's playing a lot. So we're going to hear, just this is um, going to be off of a Rebel album, SLP 1511 from 1972. This is the band Seldom Seen, and the album is Act One. And, of course, seldom seen is John Starling 
singing, playing guitar, Mike Aldridge on Dobro, John Duffy, the inimitable John Duffy on mandolin. And by the way, you mandolin players, the mandolin that you're going to hear on this is the infamous duck, the duck. It's a weird shaped mandolin with the two extending points. You just pull it up. I'm sure you can Google the duck mandolin and, uh, he built that thing. Duffy built that mandolin. So we've got John Duffy playing the duck mandolin on this thing. Ben Eldridge on banjo and Tom Gray on bass, who was, you know, of course, formerly with Country Gentleman. Tom Gray. He's got, <laughs> he plays a lot of notes and he's a really good player. Anyway, that's, that's the band. And so we're going to hear, just to give you a taste of it kind of not super early. Now, you have to remember, um, by the time Seldom Seen came around, Aldridge had already been playing for a pretty good while. He was born, I think, in the late 30s, maybe 38, 39, something like that. And he played with a band called Emerson and Waldron. And that was in the early 60s. And he worked with, with uh, Cliff Waldron and the New Shades Grass. Let me look on this record. It, it actually says something about that. He worked with uh, New Shades Grass until the fall of 71. So this is now, this record is 1972. And we're going to hear um, at, least, at least part of the tune Body and Soul. Here we go. This is Mike Aldrich on the door. Body and Soul Body that's how she loves me, body and soul. Joker's good. He has got an amazing touch with the thing and very creative with it. He would uh, sometimes play in some altered tunings and things. Let's hear another Mike Aldridge. I'm such a huge Mike Aldridge fan. Let's hear another tune. This is, um, 
Let's see. This is from the same record. So this is from that seldom seen Act One. And this is a tune called Cannonball. <laughs> Now, along about that same time, in 72, um, Aldridge put out a solo album, and it was on Tacoma Records. It's uh, D1033 is the number, and it's just called Mike Aldridge Dobro. It's got a whole bunch of stuff. There's even some um, kind of Hawaiian-flavored tunes on here. There's some bluegrassy-sounding things. There, it's, it's a really interesting record, I Obviously, I'm not going to play the whole thing for you. I encourage anybody who's interested in hearing some good Dobro to uh, find this record. I'm going to give you two little samples off of it. And the first is that ancient tune, Green Sleeves. To prove my point that clearly Aldridge had a lot of um, admiration and respect for Josh Graves, and it is proven by the fact that Josh appears on this record as a guest with Mike Aldridge. And I'm going to pick a tune that they, they're both playing on, and you Dobro players, I challenge you to determine who is who, because basically you got Josh and... Mike trading licks on this tune and it's kind of a version of train 45 and he called it train 45 and a half.
All right, and to wrap up with Mike Aldridge, obviously you can listen to any of the seldom seen stuff and go back. There's earlier stuff than that. If you're a Dobro player, you definitely should own all the Mike Aldridge stuff and all the Josh Graves stuff. You should hear it all, you know. Now, I'm not taking anything away from, you know, the, uh, the modern players out there, people like Rob Ikes and um, Phil Ledbetter. I mean, there's a ton of good Dobro players out there. Mike Witcher. Just there's some really good Dobro players out there in the world, and I, every single one of them will tell you, yeah, I listen to a lot of Josh, and I listen to a lot of Mike Aldridge, who also listened to a lot of Josh. Be curious to know who Josh listened to, you know, really would. I don't know that. Okay, let's finish up with Mike Aldridge with a little, little, little bit of a tune. This is off an album simply called Mike Aldridge, and this was 1976. He did a, this solo album in 76 on Flying Fish Records and uh, Flying Fish number 0029, number 29. It's got some really cool stuff on it. It's got Georgia on my mind. He's got a really cool duet on here with, with him and Lloyd Green playing Dobro. They're both playing Dobro. Lloyd Green, master pedal steel player. Uh, but he also was a Dobro guy. Uh, they're playing on Lloyd's of Nashville. There's a bunch of tunes. We used to play this tune, Spanish Grass, all the time with a guy, uh, a local Dobro player around the North Georgia area, a guy by the name of Larry Bishop who any of you patrons, um, by the way, anybody that likes this show can support it by going to patreon.com slash Bradley Laird. And if you sign up as a little patron and you donate a little recurring sum each month to keep this thing going, you can, as a patron, download a copy of the Buddy Ashmore and Pony Express album, which features Larry Bishop on the Dobro, the guy that I just mentioned. All right, so we're going to hear off of this record from 1976. I picked out one that I, I just think is really, really a pretty tune. It's a, kind of an old-timey tune. It's an old Jimmy Rogers song, and it's called Carolina Sunshine Girl. Moon, moon, I can see you sinking low. You make me think of a sweetheart, a little girl that I love so. And after I've wandered the whole night through, wondering if you miss me too. And while I'm by my lonesome, thinking of someone, thinking only of you, my Carolina sunshine girl. You have turned my heart to stone. My Carolina sunshine girl You have left me all alone And I wonder why I sit and cry When I really should laugh At your old photograph For you're the sweetest angel in this world And I love, love Carolina sunshine girl I 
sweetest angel in this world And I just love, love, love you My Carolina sunshine girl All right, the next Dobro guy I want to make sure that all you Dobro players know about is a guy named Tut Taylor. I love Tut. I've, I've run into Tut uh, multiple times over the years, uh, him being from Georgia and all. Of course, he spent a lot of time around Nashville and stuff like that, but he's from Georgia. And uh, in his later years, he used to come down to the festival at Cochran called the Hillside Bluegrass Festival. And... Uh, Saw him down there quite a few times, hanging around, just jamming and stuff. And uh, I have a, my Dobro is a Tut Taylor model Dobro uh, made by his son, who built instruments. Of course, Josh, I say Josh, Tut was a big wheeler dealer in mandolins and guitars and Dobros and all kind of vintage instruments and uh He's got a very interesting story. I encourage you, if you're not that familiar with Tut, to get familiar. Unfortunately, Tut's not around anymore. So um, I'll tell you a little, a little funny story. This is just one of those odd things that happens. You know, your dobro is tuned to a G major chord. And by the way, I didn't make this up. This is actually true. I had the dobro sitting there. I put on a new set of strings and I tuned her up. And you got this beautiful G major chord, GBD, GBD. Tuned it, played a little while, closed the case. Next morning, got up, opened the case, and it was tuned to a G minor. The B strings had dropped in pitch to a B flat. And when I strummed it, it was a perfectly in tune B, I'm sorry, G minor chord. I'm like, that's weird. Tuned them up. Tuned the B strings back up to B, back to G major. Mm. Picked a little bit, closed the case, and this is, this is where it gets weird. About an hour later, I pick the thing up again, and I hit it, and I start playing on it. I'm like, it's back in G minor again. What is going on? Is my dobro coming apart? I don't know what's happening. And to this day, I don't know what happened, except that that afternoon I got on the internet and I discovered that Tut Taylor had died that day. Isn't that weird? That's weird. And the next day I tuned them back up. They stayed in G major and they've been in G major ever since. That's just weird, isn't it? I don't know. That's just spooky weird to me. But anyway, I got a whole bunch of Tut Taylor. I, he's on so many records and stuff. You know, go back and listen to the John Hartford Aeroplane record. And just tuts all over the place. And I just picked out one tune, and it's off of a, a solo album he did called Friar Tut. And this tune, it's just a it's just a good old timey kind of dobro tune. And by the way, um, Tut is unique in that he played his dobro with a flat pick instead of the usual thumb pick index and middle like banjo player picks which is what most dobro players do tuts the flat pick and dobro man he was and uh man he could get some stuff out of that you won't have any trouble finding lots of tut taylor to listen to 
but anyway, let's just, just uh, you know, kind of as a tribute to Tut, let's hear him playing Sugar in the Gourd off of this is, uh, let's see, this is on Rounder. This is, uh, it's on Rounder, Rounder number 11. So that's pretty early Rounder record. I don't know the year. Uh, 1971. So this is 1971, December 29 on Rounder. Friar Tut, and this is the tune, which I'm, I'm pretty sure he wrote everything on this record. Anyway, could be an old traditional tune. Who knows? Uh, this is called Sugar in the Gourd. Take it away, Tut. Let's get to another Dobro guy. And this guy, I've also run into at festivals around. Um, he's still he's still knocking around. Um, I think he's from Georgia. <clears throat> anyway, to me, I mean, I love Aldridge. I like Josh, you know. Josh is like Earl. I mean, he's he's got very, uh, he has a very recognizable style. Uh, Aldridge is a little harder to recognize, although he does have an, a recognizable sound, I guess you might say. Um, Tut also. I mean, if you listen to any of these people enough, you begin to be able to differentiate one from the other. And, of course, you can always grab that, that great record. They did the Dobro Sessions. You know, any Dobro player ought to have the Dobro Sessions. Um, but I want to talk about a guy here who I think is just could pull some of the best tone out of a dobro that is just just really astonishingly great in my opinion and many times he was just playing guitar he just he was a guitar player but man when he played dobro there were sounds that would come out of that dobro that i challenge anyone else to duplicate and i'm talking about curtis birch who was in the original new grass revival band so Let's hear a sample or two of the mighty Curtis Birch. The first one we're going to hear is off the record, Fly Through the Country, Newgrass Revival. This is on Stone County Records, which is Flying Fish. And let me see what number that is. Flying Fish 016, so pretty early Flying Fish record. 
And remember, this is Newgrass before Bela. So we got John Cowan, Curtis Birch, Courtney Johnson on banjo, and of course, Sam Bush on mandolin and fiddle. And a Birch was playing guitar and, and or dobro. So let's hear a little bit of this uh, Newgrass revival and scope out some of Curtis Birch's dobro playing. This is a tune called All Night Train. Sometimes even now I wish I was on the all-night train I'd catch it But I don't know how Somewhere there's an all-night train That we went riding on In the safety of our childhood The innocence of our song Trouble with the all-night train That we went riding on You can't ride to Indiana But you can't ride for long That's some good stuff. Now, I, I'm not sure I mentioned this is this record, Fly Through the Country, is from 1975, which is the year I started playing bluegrass. Uh, we're going to hear uh, a little bit more off of that same record just to give you a little bit more of Curtis Birch because he's pretty amazing. Listen to this. This is um, his kickoff here to When She Made Laughter Easy. Sam would be playing that slide mandolin and you know they're doing all kind of stuff and uh, Courtney Johnson just played some really wild weird stuff and they would play those long extended solos and just just really great stuff these these jam bands today um, certainly should tip their hat and bow to Newgrass Revival who maybe didn't start it, but they certainly proliferated the whole idea. Anyway, let's uh, hear a little bit more of Curtis. And the original Newgrass Revival guys, this is the record, When the Storm is Over. And this, too, is on Flying Fish. Uh, let's see if I can see what number it is. 
number 032. And this is probably, hmm, I don't know what year this is, but it's obviously, hmm, let me look here. Do, do, do. You know, they, a lot of times they don't, the date will be hard to find. Anyway, you know what record it is. It's from roughly that, probably about 76, I'd guess, 77 maybe. Anyway, this is off When the Storm is Over. Let's hear a little bit of, let's see, which one was I going to play? Do, 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 do. Like a Child in the Rain. Now, another kid coming up in the bluegrass world who also listened to Josh a lot and listened to Mike Aldridge and, you know, was influenced by these same people was a, a guy who's still around today and uh, still playing that dobro and is probably, I, I think it would be safe to say that many people would say that this guy is probably the greatest dobro player uh, who's ever touched the instrument. Now, obviously, I, th I think that comes from the fact that he's played so much with so many people and for so long and has, you know, stretched the boundaries. He's not only just a bluegrass dobro player, although he is a phenomenal bluegrass dobro player. But let's just say the kid got a lot of work, you know? And of course, I'm talking about, and this is going to be the last one we listen to today, and I'm going to try to play you a couple of cuts that maybe you haven't heard because all of you have heard Jerry Douglas, Flux. He's on every, like practically every favorite record of mine. He's on there. You know, it's like you pick up a record, he's on there. I've noticed that's true for Mike Marshall too. I've got just dozens of records. I look and I'm like, Mike Marshall, you know, he just pops up everywhere. There's a lot of guys like that. Like if you listen to the Tony Rice Manzanita, well, that's Douglas. Listen to the uh, uh, the original J.D. Crow in the New South record, that's Jerry Douglas. You know, he's just so anyway. I'm just gonna give you a little taste of, uh, you know, not super super early um, Jerry Douglas, but I I am sure that I pretty much have every Jerry Douglas record. But I'm just gonna play a little sample from two of them that, you know, really influenced me, you might say, and was my 
introduction to Jerry Douglas. And the first one is kind of an obscure little record, uh, a Ricky Skaggs solo album. And the record was on Rebel Records. It's Rebel number 1550. And I'm thinking it's hard to tell but i think it's probably from about 1974 they don't have the date stamped on it but based upon some of the things that are written on i think it's probably from 74 thereabouts and uh got a bunch of good people on here got uh skaggs playing mandolin fiddle he also plays guitar and claw hammer banjo got jerry douglas on dobro mark pruitt on banjo hobert skaggs on guitar now, that's uh, Ricky's father, and he's going to play on this song that, that I'm going to play for you. He's also got Terry Bauckham playing fiddle and guitar, Tom Gray and, and or Ed Ferris or Steve Hamm, any one of those three uh, playing bass. And this is interesting. There's, uh, it says here, Ricky Skaggs, 15 fiddles. Terry Bauckham, Six Fiddles, and this is on a tune called 21 Fiddle Salute, which I'm not going to play for you. You're going to have to go find this record. It's called Ricky Skaggs, That's It. That's the name of the record. But we're going to hear this one because I think it's, it's a good example of, of Jerry Douglas and his playing you know, at that time period. And this is uh, Florida Blues. in time just a little bit to uh, Rounder number 0081 and it's a record called Boone Creek and this of course is the band that Skaggs formed along with uh, several other guys including Jerry Douglas and uh, it's really good, got Terry Bauckham on there um, Wes Golden it, it's a really cool album and you probably will hear, if you talk to people, you're going to hear this album mentioned a lot, just like you hear Manzanita mentioned a lot. This is one of those very influential records. A lot of people have stated that they really learned to sing parts listening to Boone Creek. I know it definitely improved my baritone singing, trying to sing along with this record, this Boone Creek record. Um, anyway, Douglas is on here. This is 1977. 
and just going to hear a few samples, listen to him uh, playing some breaks. First one we're going to hear is, ain't nobody going to miss me when I'm gone. this record is a little sample of uh, drifting too far from the shore. Yeah. 
folks i hope you have enjoyed this little romp through dobro land again as i sort of said there are a lot of other great dobro dobro players in this world and i'm not taking anything away from them but i would be here for three weeks if i had to play a sample from all the great dobro players and i think the ones that i've covered certainly you know form the the foundation you know the uh the base of the pyramid that everyone is climbing up, you might say. So let's go out with uh, one more little bit of uh, Jerry Douglas on that same Boone Creek record. And man, let me tell you, he jumps on this break and just, I mean, he is just pouring it into it 100%. And I really like that. It's the old White House Blues. Y'all take it easy and I'll talk to you in the next podcast. Oh, by the way, um, if you would like to support the show, remember to go to patreon.com slash Bradley Laird or go over to the website and poke around over at bradleylaird.com. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have a bunch of Dobros to sell you. I'm sure right now all of you want to be playing the Dobro. And uh, I'm, when I finish this and get all the editing done, I'm going to get mine out and see if I can, you know, do anything on the Dobro. But let's get out of here with... White House Blues, take it away, Flux. Flux.